0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in?
0: Hello, everybody, um, and welcome to episode 109 of Stacey West podcast. Uh, We're doing this live, so if you are seeing me at the moment, I currently have what can only be described as some sort of weird Cossack-like Santa hat on, but uh, that's by the by. Um, This is kind of a bit of a special one. We're doing a look look back over 2020, which has been a bit of an awful year in general, but uh, not a bad one for the club. So as ever... I'm going to be joined by drumroll, Derry. <laughs> how you doing?
2: I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. It's I, um... now, I think. For, for, <laughs> for those listening at home, I had uh, some uh, glasses and a reindeer nose on. So, right, here we go. Oh,
0: is that not your normal glasses?
2: Oh, oh, oh. you hey. hey. your Santa yeah. beard.
0: So um yeah, I mean, you know, this time of year you have at least one fat lad with a beard trying to bring joy to everybody. So uh that's what I've uh, that's what I've decided to do, you know, dressed in red and white, of course. And uh hopefully should be a good one. Um I
2: think I bought it from Primark four years ago and I've worn it four times. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: I'm not going to have my Christmas jumper on because it is currently about a thousand degrees in this room. So, um, yeah, that'll be fun.
2: Well, obviously, um, it's a bit of a Christmas party as well, isn't it? So, um, just one second. That didn't happen as half as quickly as I would hope. It, <laughs> no, it really did I thought it was going to be picked, but it's being now. Uh, it's being gently poured. So I'm to oh, okay. all this juice poured. Wow. Do you know what? I may as well have gone to the pub and waited it for it to open after Tier 3, didn't I? It was all pre-arranged as well. <laughs> there, there we go. Thank you very much. Yeah. There
0: you go. Wow, that is a beer and a half. Thanks, Fee.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> there's some beer with the head, so it's all good.
0: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, um, yeah, we're going to kind of do the normal stuff that we do. Oh, yeah, chugging that one. What's um, good. <laughs> yeah, going to do the normal stuff we do and then uh, have a look at some best moments of 2020 and look forward to 2021.
2: Absolutely. Shall so we go through some comments first of all? Um, yeah, yeah, may as well. I'll read them out because obviously um, people will be listening as well. So first of all, Kate Jackson, evening gents, hope you're both well, question mark. Yes, we are, Ben. Mm-hmm. All good. Watching, listening whilst doing overtime at work, can't come home for Christmas due to living in London, so might as well earn that sweet dollar.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
2: Absolutely. I hear Chris Rear is saving on his petrol bill this year. <laughs> there, <laughs> there it is. There
3: David it
2: is. David Johnson, happy holidays, everyone. David will be joining us later on, live and direct from Missouri, not far from where Ozark is filmed. Um actually, but I don't think he's in the uh, drug import export trade. Um <laughs> Stu Wells, he's a good lad. Bloody hell, Gary, with a smile. Yes, it happens, Stu. Um segueing into especially after a four nil win. What do we think?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think we said last week, didn't we, that you know we, we were not necessarily struggling to see where the goals were going to come from, but with you know with George being held not just, well, kind of held back in his uh, in his attacking play, it was probably going to stifle things a little bit. But uh, what do we know? Hey, eh? um, they kind of turned around on uh, on Saturday and gave us something to really be pleased with. I mean, it was uh, I was I was well happy with that performance. Um, just. Kept turning the screw, putting the pressure on and, you know, Brennan Johnson at the end there, you know, coming away with uh, two late goals. thought was quite impressive. Um, It was was one of those where we had the... I've done a Michael. It's one of those where... It's one of them where, um, you know, you had the... um, We had the pressure pretty much all the way through the game, but we really made it count uh, towards the end. And I think the, um, the, you know, the two goals for Brennan just put the icing on the cake, really
2: yeah i thought um i thought it would be tight the first thing i said or the last thing i said to sam on match day live was nil nil today sam <laughs> When he didn't ask me it's sorry oh dear it's a bit gassy that but when he didn't <laughs> ask me it was like uh yep yeah, definitely um it's going to be nil nil and within a couple of minutes anthony scully had um comfortably uh scored i mean it was a great goal um mm-hmm. great ball from brandon but yeah, you know, we've questioned um schools a little bit i know you've seen the comment from uh pete uh, we've questioned schools a little bit, I think, haven't we? Um, over yes. the course of you know the season, not his ability, but more um, which position he plays best in. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes he's, he's arguably he's not great out wide. Um, I thought he was excellent. I thought he had a really busy game, and that's one thing I think you can always say about Anthony Scully is he's busy. Um, so I thought it was a great start. And you know, when you go one nil up. Um, it it makes a massive difference to the complex complexion of the game mm. i think maybe had that goal not gone in and had we got to 10 15 25 minutes without a goal um i think it would have been a much different much different game um as it was they had to come and attackers didn't um let's be honest they were shit. i mean there <laughs> are they they were yeah. though, weren't they, they, yeah, they I mean, it, it, it was
0: it was one of those games where we had i think we saw what a lot of opposition fans and a lot of opposition managers and stuff made us out to be in you know that you are cane in that no wonder you're gassy um (laughs) um you know that there was this there was that feeling that we were um you know the 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 long ball dirty side and we were the the ones that we you know a bit thuggish at times but i mean if that was what we if that's what managers think we were like yeah, the perfect, perfect thing there from from Route One Wankers. Um, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, it wasn't. It, I think um, you know in the pre, you said with you know you spoke with Jake and said that uh, they were training on the pitch and it was the pitch was cutting up and it. I mean, it was a horrible pitch to play on. You couldn't play. Um, you couldn't play football the way that we we like to play football now, in that sort of uh, in that sort of an environment, could we? <laughs> Um, it was just poor. Like, you know, we, we couldn't you couldn't put two passes together really without having to scoop one up at some point. And it was, um, I'm, I'm impressed with the way that we managed to deal with the pitch first off, and also, I, we'll come on to it, I'm sure. But how they finished the game with eleven men, I do not know.
2: Yeah, we'll come on to it in a second. I just want to make a comment actually about. Um, uh, about their style of play and Bubs, who's actually in the waiting room he's going to be on shortly he's already he's commenting as well he says their fans weren't happy um funnily enough bubs we'll just actually bring you in on that just really quickly um so ladies and gentlemen uh everybody's favorite photographer Bubs how are we doing pal?
3: Good evening everybody I think... I'll do sign language
0: for anybody that needs it
3: so <laughs> yeah it was quite funny the two games so far that I've been there's been be tic-tac-o. And uh, they weren't happy. I was, uh, it was quite entertaining, and, and it was even more entertaining in Northampton on Saturday. They they were just not happy. And I thought, if you've waited so long to be able to come to a football match, and all you can do is sit there and whinge. And in both games, fans have left early. Uh, and you're just saying, hang on, this fans do a month and nine months or so to they get the games. And you've got managed to get a ticket for a game. Yes, you got beat 4 0, but that you said it was funny it was the second half there was a steward sat next to me and i don't know how he didn't realize i was a lincoln photographer because i would sat at the end where lincoln was uh and he was saying oh we're making them look good which i couldn't really argue against because they were so yeah. bad <laughs> we're making us look better than we were but we were we played well they were just terrible and uh at Bulger, he was the fans were getting on his back, and he was shouting back at them like he did when, and he was getting stick for then trying to play to the back. It really was entertaining. Something I've missed. Uh, I've, I have yeah, been very lucky to go to the games, but it, it has been. Mm, it's not entertaining. It's a crying shame because the way we're playing and the position we are in the league would be great down at the bank. Boxing day would. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a a potential yellow banana skin playing top of the league like we did against Shrewsby. But that the bank full of Christmas revelers would be fantastic. You know what I mean? Trying to go on top and all that. But I'll say I agree with uh, Mr Scully, is that we should end the season now and do points per game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We should do that now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. The, the Northern cool. fans were funny, very entertaining.
2: Kate Jackson wants to know how we turn Facebook subtitles on. Um, I'm not quite sure about that. I'll have to do a written article afterwards. So, uh, and uh, good evening from Sam White. Everything to smile about. Have a great Christmas in your bubbles, indeed. Uh, and Kevin McGill, as Bubs has just said, him's top on points per game, still too early. Uh, but just saying, Bubs, we'll chat to you again in a minute, mate. Thank you very hey, much for that. You know. So, um, just to talk just about the style of play as well. You know, I'm I'm not somebody that's going to get on my high horse about that. Um, you said that we did it for a while. I think under Danny we didn't do it like Northampton did. I think yeah. that was somewhere between John Beck and, and Danny Cowley. I think it was a little bit of a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, but they didn't have the players for it. I mean, that Benny Ashley Seal is a decent striker. Um, but, you know, when he turned Monsma and Monsma pulled him down for the booking, you thought that's what he wants to be doing. He wants to be getting around, running into green space. Mm. Um, and it's the same with, uh, is it Hoskins, Sam Hoskins? Um, uh, yes. He, I think he's he's another lad who, you know, when he gets the ball at his feet, is a decent player. Keith mm. Kilt, not long for that. Um, by the end of January, Northampton will have a new manager, in my opinion, almost certain.
0: I mean, if it goes, you know, if it continues to go how it did, you know, at the weekend, I, th- I can't disagree with you. I think it was, um, as as Bubs just said, the fans were on the back all the way through the game. And there is a part of me that's thinking, well, you, you know, like Bub said, you've waited for so long to come in to come back to the games and all you're going to do is sit there and moan. But I can't really blame them, to be honest, you know, having seen what, the, what they were doing. Um, I think Neil's actually just made a good point in the comments that... Um, it was direct, but it wasn't necessarily long ball under Danny. Um and I think that's probably that's probably where you know Northampton differed, um, aside from the, the outright thuggery. <laughs> but um I, you know it was a it, it was a um it was a convincing win. Um I don't think yeah, you know, I don't think Northampton had a lot to offer. Um and it was interesting hearing Bub saying that about um about Kean Bulger getting more or less slated by all the fans. Uh, I I was a little bit nervy that, you know, former players coming back, potentially scoring, all the rest of it. And he actually had the best chance of the game to, to score for Northampton, um, obviously hit the bar. Um, and, you know, I think the only other shot that was on target um, drew the biggest cheer of the game from the Northampton fans, which was quite an ironic cheer, Um and it just kind of goes to show, you know, what, what's going on down there. But
2: we're not we an on the podcast, so come on. Uh, we said exactly the
0: same thing there. Um, yeah, we're not <laughs> on <not, you know, laughs> um,
2: the podcast. Before we continue, a lot of love for Ben. Uh, so we've seen this one, uh, Pete, who's on the show later. What's that Xmas thing, his wife asks Sue. So that's Gary's co-host, Co host Ben. I thought it was an, X-Men, an X-Men, a Christmas ornament on his desk. Uh, and there's another one where uh, Neil Carton Ben looks like Santa's love child. Yes, he's abandoned, unwanted love child. <laughs> that hurt here and here, <laughs> and they touched me here. Um, <laughs> so anyway, moving on. How did they finish with te- uh, eleven men on the field? I think Bolger could have been sent off. I think that were. I think it was Bolger. There was two uh, bookable offences. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, we've got to talk about Caboa uh, because it was an assault, wasn't it? I mean, I've seen Bubbly's pictures. I haven't uploaded any uh, for the show. But, I mean, it, it was shocking. It wasn't just the blood when you zoom in on some of those pictures. It's a, it's a black eye as well. There's a clear motion with the elbow um, straight into his face. In Caboa's defence, he doesn't have a look first. I think if he if he's glanced and then he's done it, it's a red card. I think... I think he's he's lashed out with his elbow on purpose. I don't think he's thought, I'll smash this kid in the cheekbone. I think he's just gone. There's an elbow. But Jason Lee, going back further, Mick Harford, they were all elbows when they jumped. They probably did that a million times and got away with it. But in the game, in this day and age, that's a red card all day long.
0: But I think you've got to look at that and say it was picked up on the radio that they didn't jump. You know, it was a it was a ball that they were kind of you know they didn't jump for it. He just kind of swung his elbow around and didn't leave the floor. So at that point, you know that by the letter of the law, you're saying that his arm is in an unnatural position. You know, it's at that point it's definitely a red card. And I mean, you know, you, this kind of I saw somebody trying to draw a comparison between um, uh, that and you know, Reedy in, uh, in the in the in the Check trade final, yeah, you know, was, going it. In, was it?
2: Yeah.
0: I, I can't remember if it was your or not. Anyway, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of people then made that comment and it was, um, you know, some people, some people said, oh, that's, that's Lincoln thuggery. You know, how did they get away with that? And it's to me, I mean, I know you've, you've sort of come to Reedy's defense a little bit on that a couple of times, but I, I think they are different incidents.
2: Not anymore. I'm, I'm sure. He... I have done, but Reedy's podcast. He actually admitted he went out to work the player. And oh he okay, he said I was oh, looking brilliant. to leave a mark on the player. So, uh, so this is the that's the incident. I actually think their lad has jumped there because he wasn't oh, as okay. tall as as I, so I do think he's left the floor. But it's this picture that does me. Uh, it's when he it's rubs that. his elbow, yeah, He's rubbing his elbow when he's walking back across. So you, you can see he's made contact quite clearly with the elbow. But look, that's what it is. Um, at the end of the day, we don't. I don't want to focus on the negatives too much because. Again, I thought, as you said, we put a good show on under testing conditions. Um, and it, was, it wasn't it was just the fact that we've beaten a team in the bottom six. It wasn't just the fact we won 4-0 away from home. It's the fact it came off the back of two defeats, mm. bad defeats, really. Both games that, in my opinion, we should have taken at least a point from. We should have done against Sunderland. Um, they took their chances and they were the better side. We were poor. We were worth the points against Shrewsbury. I thought, you know, it was just a poor game all round. But yeah. that's what Shrewsbury do. The last three times we've played them, the games have been diabolical to watch. They've been worse than watching two fat blokes in Santa Hats talking about Lincoln for an hour and a half. Um. But the Northampton game wasn't. It was nice to watch, Uh, not from in terms of football, but in terms of it was actually different. It was like watching, like when you watch Lincoln this season, it's always been the same. One team has loads of possession. The other team works hard out of possession, and there's a few chances. And that's, it's, it's great. The football's been really pretty to watch. But what we saw against Northampton actually was something completely different because we haven't played Gillingham yet because we haven't played other teams that pump it forward yet. It was the mm. first chance we got to see this Lincoln city team in a fight. I'll be honest. I shit myself every time they went in for a tackle because it was the sort of game where players get injured and with 15 outfield players, we could do without that. Yeah. Um, but we got on the right side of the result and that's all there is to it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And um, You know, I, I think there are some, um, possibly some squeaky bums around uh certain mr johnson but i think that's probably a discussion to have in a couple of weeks time
2: yeah i do too i do too um so before we move on to burton got a couple more comments shane Wakefield, thanks to gary and ben down underestimate how significant your wittering has been to many over the past 10 months not to Fee and rachel i'm told yeah uh, happy christmas to you and yours uh adam bull loves the hats happy christmas adam uh who we got sorry if I missed I can't read all the comments sorry if I missed them out Northampton commentator didn't even mention the elbow I do you know I actually don't get the criticism of some of the Lincoln commentators so I didn't listen to the Northampton one um, because home um, supporters and home commentators really annoy me but um, anything more on Northampton before we move on
0: no I think so um, you know I think as you said came off the back of a really difficult week and it just showed that they've you know they've sort of got the character to to bounce back. I think the important thing as well is it was an unchanged side from Tuesday night, so not having any changes brought into the side in the wake of a defeat or in the wake of two defeats. I think that was really important for the players' yeah. confidence as well.
2: Huge, so. huge point that because everybody expected changes. Mm-hmm. Edin will be dropped. Um, you know, Howarth won't start again Even though he was man of the match All that sort of stuff mm. And in actual fact Michael made a massive statement I'm glad you picked up on that actually Because I, I meant to And haven't done um, What a statement We lost 1-0 against a team Who were bottom of the table Have some of this There's the same team again And they go and win 4-0 away from home And that yep. really is that Isn't it yep. you know, Michael would never do that But it's also like He's sat in the dugout When that fourth goes in Just going like that
0: <laughs> To everybody <laughs> For those audio listeners, Gary is uh, wiping his middle finger up and down his cheek.
2: Yeah, Sorry, I forget. Ben, you are now tasked with every time I do something visual, explaining <laughs> it to the audience. Okay. As long as we don't do anything around Ariola Grandi, we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kev Barwise, interesting point I'll pick up on quickly before we move on. Am I the only one who thinks Mark Hone is an excellent co-commentator? No, you're not. No, he's not. No I like Absolutely not no. I like um, his commentary.
0: I mean I think I think Mark Cohn he, he brings something obviously without going back into it there's obviously the situation um with with Tomo but I think Mark Cohn brings something a little bit different obviously he's got the the experience of playing for Lincoln he's got um, I think he's got a lot of you know he's got a lot of good knowledge and a lot of analytical knowledge as well about um you know he's able to pick up Little runs, little passages of play, and little things that happen are like away from the ball, so he can notice when players are rotating in and out and, and stuff like that. And yeah, it's it's good. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say he can be a bit too negative sometimes around certain players, um, or you know, certain uh, certain things that happen in matches. But yeah, I've not got a complaint with Mark. I think he's he's doing really well.
2: You'd have too much complaint if it was all rosy-eyed. My only complaint is that he still calls us Lincoln City all the time. Uh, and what I want is him either calling us, us or with it being the BBC, just Lincoln. Um, mm. And uh, let's have a look. Well, Norfolk Kim says Mark Owen is an excellent commentator and better than the YTS. I don't know who the YTS is. Uh, Mark is solid. Paul Ellinder, um can attest to that. I'm um, <laughs> pleased somebody got that. Rhys <laughs> Marshall, get you boys commentating. No chance at all. Can you imagine Ben having to research?
0: Right. i did um i did think about this like at some point that we should do a youtube stream like when everything's when everything's back and you know we we can we can actually be in the same place together we should do a youtube stream kind of like uh the fan zone or whatever it was back on sky sports in the day and you just have like we'll watch the game and we'll do the commentary. So if anybody wants to watch it, we can stream that on YouTube of just the commentary. They can pause it and then play it alongside. But judging by your reaction, that's probably not going to happen.
2: It's moving into Arsenal fan TV territory. <laughs> and, uh, I, yeah, I got- Martin Green, who doesn't watch but always comment, comments, um, basically said that I was no better. Stacey blog was no better than Arsenal Fan TV. And I personally think Arsenal Fan TV are um, wankers. So I don't ever want to be uh, in that stream. Interestingly enough, and I'm not quite sure how it's going to work yet, I've actually got a phone call planned with a prominent former Lincoln City character, I'll say no more, about a platform they're developing to allow fans to remote watch games at the same time. I know nothing more, Mm. but it might be something that we can get involved in. So shall we move on? According to my uh, time list, we're already three minutes over and we haven't even done the Burton preview yet. (laughs)
0: That's all right. So Uh. for the
2: Burton preview, uh, we are going to bring in Jake Tong. Now, I think I'm looking at the little picture. I think Jake may have missed the memo about the hats. So <laughs> the sombrero one now unfortunately i also think that his internet connection
0: <laughs> oh dear
2: i think his internet connection is such that i can't actually hear him jake
4: oh dear oh my.
2: oh here Hello, he is Gary. there
4: he yeah. is i have here Just
2: you're just about coming on. Ben, what I'm going to do, if this it's all right, is to, to drop you out for five minutes. Yeah, that's fine. So we'll see. Is that any better, Jake?
4: Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you now, guys.
2: OK, we'll see how we go. So, um, Jake, obviously, we're going to talk about... Uh, oh, dear. The... Hello. I'm going to have to drop Jake out because unfortunately there's a time delay and everything. There's a bit
0: of a delay there, isn't there?
2: Yeah, there is. I'll see if his internet um, if his internet picks up in a, in a little while. So we're going to try and bring Jake in a little bit later on for uh, a chat about a game he's picked. So hopefully we'll, his internet will have picked up a little bit better from there. Um, so Bert now be on Boxing Day. Uh, ben, if you can hold up your research just so um, we know that we're not talking about the same thing, you know, like on Countdown where they compare the answers. Wow, you even have a blank piece of paper in front of you. <laughs> so, Bert the Bottom, they've won two games all season in all competitions, um, oddly against Accrington and Charlton, which are both decent sides. So they are capable of um, springing a surprise. But I would argue, like Northampton, it's a game we really should be winning. But I think that what we've got to do is is probably put to one side the obvious, which I know that we're going to talk about because you had a, a man crush You've got to kind of put that to one side and think, let's take Burton Albion as they are. Let's take them mm. at their face value um, and and how they're doing this season. And that's badly. Now, they have got decent players, um, but they've got players for me that are probably on the slide. Kieran O'Hara in goal is a decent goalkeeper. I'll grant them that. Stephen Quinn, probably at his best last season. I mean, he's certainly been there and done it, playing the holding role for them. Um, Lucas Aikens up front, decent striker. On his day, Charles Vernon mm, didn't really make it at Grimsby. I think he had six good months at Grimsby, and he's kind of, I think he's their leading scorer. Former in Kieran Wallace is there as well. They play uh, like a 4 1 4 1, so they're going to be quite defensive. Look, they're going to be perfectly happy to come to Lincoln for a point. So they're going to be hard to break down. And at times, I think when we're attacking, there's going to be very much the element of uh, Shrewsbury in the second half. You know, I can see it being 75% possession, of us 25 them. They might look to break. Um, the boy Aikens can play anywhere on the park. I do like him. He's the guy that had a penalty saved against them uh, when we played them last season, which we will touch on. Um, so I, it's a game I'm really looking forward to, not least because we're doing match day live from uh, the stadium. So I'm really quite excited about that. Um, Christmas treat for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not bragging about it because that's not how I am. You know, I think it, it's humbling to be able to go, as I'm sure... Mm-hmm. Um, bobs will attest to and bring him on as well so um so what what, what are your feelings ben about Burton? um it's
0: another one that you know on paper it should be at least a point um that's sort of very very thinly veiled code for we should take all three um like you say that the, they don't seem to be they don't really seem to have any consistency in, you know, well, in gaining any points at least. So I think for me, I think that the the biggest, um, the biggest disappointment is not being able to to be at Central Bank when obviously we can welcome back two players that did incredibly well for us. Um, But at the same time, you know, we're not there for, you know, we're not there for nice memories oh we were there to, to win a match and i think having seen how ruthless we can be against a team that's you know not necessarily playing football in in the best way possible i'm quite looking forward to this one um,
2: um let's let's not let's not i mean let me just have a look at this but let's not assume that they don't play football in a certain way i mean in their last game they made uh, for instance 505 passes so then they're not going to be a, a Northampton getting the ball from back to front really quickly. No. Um, they didn't make quite as many, to be fair, against Ipswich or Milton Keynes or Crewe. So, you know, they're going to be more direct, but I don't think they're direct as in they're going to pump it long. Um, no. but they're going to be compact. They're going to be hard to break down. And an early goal is is massive um, mm. because, again, I think I think the pressure builds when you're at home even without the supporters there. And I think we saw that against Shrewsbury. And potentially Wigan as well that the longer a half goes on and the more patient you're being I think mm. it's harder to to then get in that stride and as we showed on Saturday get the early goal and then you can we can start playing our football and the floodgates which would open. So um mm. it'll be interesting. Just a few comments on um Burton. Uh, so David Ellis asks has Bosie been playing of late? Well he played in their last game against Doncaster which they lost three one.
0: They played in the Ipswich game.
2: Yeah so he and has uh, sorry, have you, uh, you've you got a bozzy hotline, have you? I, I
0: was going to say the only reason I know he played in the uh, Ipswich game is because he was front and centre on the BBC News story about uh, Burton and Ipswich both getting fined for not being able to control the players with a player around the throat.
2: Okay, so he's not changed. No. Uh, Neil Car never an easy game in this league, especially against teams fighting at the bottom. If you're not on it, you get beat. Shrewsbury, they think, think they might try and park the bus, 100%. Luke Kemser, I hate playing teams at the bottom. It might be something to do with having the pressure to win. Luckily, uh, on Boxing Day, Lincoln will be playing them, Luke. So you are excused from uh, that one. Uh, And apparently, John Paul Stanley said that Bozzi gave away a penalty in the last game. He did, yeah. Yeah, I saw
0: that on the highlights.
2: Right, so just to get, uh, because we did have Jake in a minute ago, and I've just seen in the private chat, he thinks (laughs) he's sorted it. So he's in last chance saloon here. uh, (laughs) So we will bring Jake in and see if he has. Are we doing Jake hello there's a slight delay there's a slight hello. delay but we'll try and roll with it I think yeah radio silence Jake what are your thoughts on the uh, Burton game
4: um, you know I think Burton will be okay I think they're going to come for a point definitely I mean if you can hear me uh, I'm not sure um but um, yeah, we it was as I said. The comments said they'll um, they'll come and sit behind the ball, and try and make it difficult for us. And um, you know they've got the worst defense in the league, which is something I think we can get at. So um, definitely consider being goals for us. um We had been based on Saturday, so um, hopefully we can get a positive result.
2: And so have you got a, an interview lined up with a Burton fan uh, tomorrow?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got um, a guy called Ed Walker who's uh, on the D3, D4 football podcast and these guys might have might have heard of it before. He, he's sort of a, a League 2, League 1 journalist, so um, I'm very much looking forward to that. He was rather um, scarred from, from some of his viewings, from what I remember against Doncaster, so hopefully we can um, we can pile on a bit more misery because he was the middle one on that podcast and, you know, hopefully we can do the same.
2: And Jake, are you in Mexico?
4: Do you know what? No, I'm, act- I'm actually in Boston, but I couldn't find a Santa hat. I've got a Lincoln City Santa <laughs> hat, but I can't find it. I just saw a sombrero from Universal. The, <laughs> the sombrero the was the hats. next so best I was like, thing. I've, I've actually got the matching. I've got the matching cape. If you want to see it.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we're, we're going to move on to Peterborough. So we'll drop you out. But by the time we bring you out for ju- for the for your chosen moment, um, oh, i expect to see you I'll in the cape. On.
0: Nice one. All right,
2: on. see you. no Surely, pal. Right, I did so... actually
0: listen to that uh, D3-D4 podcast that he was on about this week, and, oh, he's not a happy chappy. He is not a happy chappy about Burton's current situation.
2: They're awful, aren't they? They'll go down. Yeah. I think yeah. if you're bottom at Christmas, no matter how many points it's by, you'll go down. And in only very rare instances, if you're in the top two or three at Christmas, will you not be involved in the mm. hunt for the playoffs, even if it's going into those final kind of games of the season. Mm. so um wonderful stuff so that basically that's the normal bit of the pod and i appreciate that for people listening um and without the visuals it's not entirely normal because we have a few teething problems and people coming in and out and all that sort of stuff um so what we wanted to do it's obviously a christmas special uh and and that's attested to by the fact that we've got the uh the kind of the christmas intro with the sleigh bells which i did uh especially for it so what we thought we'd do is kind of look back a little bit over 2020. So we'd get a couple of guests to pick moments. Ben and I would pick a podcast moment uh, and a couple of other moments as well. Um, we have got Bob's going to come in and talk. Jake's going to talk about a moment. We've got Dave coming in from America. And then we're going to close the show off at the end with a little special quiz for Ben because he's such a great quizzer now because he went on and won the boots. Um, oh, he's got them there as well. Of course he has. There we go. There we two, go. Boots both, two boots both signed i don't have a boot signed what's the solution readers you can tell us um uh, in the uh in the comments tell you so, what tell you what if you can make it
0: let's see if you can make it to february without being horrible to me on the podcast you can have one of the
2: boots from when from <laughs> from now, from, now. No, <laughs> from the end of the show <laughs> Uh Rhys Marshall already knows his low light. He says the low light of the, his uh, year listening was when I was talking about my PE teacher's pubic hair. Um, I think that was probably a low light for quite a few people, to be honest. Look, the year started off in tremendous form. Um, neither of us picked this game because we both thought somebody else would do it. I spoke to George Grant about it last week, um, but we've got to revisit it because it's kind of our, our first big game of the new year as well. Started off with a 2-1 win against Peterborough. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's where you jump in Ben and Sorry, no, I,
0: I I thought you had a video and I thought you were queuing up the video. I, no. I forgot which videos you had. Well, um, I
2: got
0: that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean the um the thing with that bigger game um I said to you that I wanted to to throw that into it, uh, you know, into the mix, but not necessarily for the reasons that that people are going to th- immediately think of. Um obviously hell of a game, George Grant's free kick at the end of it essentially led to two conceptions um which is quite impressive um but I think the, the the highlight and the standout moment of that game for me was siriki Dembele coming on and then sir
2: Ricky <laughs>
0: Sorry.
2: It's I thought you said I thought you said sir Ricky no <laughs> um
0: <laughs> siriki dembele coming on um and then immediately walking off the pitch after being shown red 30 seconds later um and that, to me, kind of showed why we all loved Joe Morell as much as we did. I think he was a—he was the kind of player that would draw people into those confrontations. And, he, you know, I think if you were being brutally honest about it, he's a nasty little bastard when it comes to that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, shit house, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. But, you know, I think, honestly, the game as a whole was... It was summed up from that moment on. I, I, I don't necessarily think if... Uh, if Dembele had gone off, um, I don't necessarily think we would have gone on to win that game. Um, but obviously, you know, Grant's free kick is going to get all of the talk. I think it's just that's it's why it's featured in the uh, the intro to match day Live. I think it's just brilliant.
2: Funnily enough, when you ask George Grant about that game, the first thing he talks about is Siriki, Dem- Siriki uh, Dembele getting sent off. It's the first thing he talks about, and then he oh, talks right. about his free kick. Uh, and that's available in the Match Day program against Burton Albion, which you can <laughs> on social media. Um, we'll move swiftly on, because it was a great start to the season. Um, but obviously, we've got a few bits and bobs queued up. Um, and to spare Jake uh, having to look anything like uh, a, a Mexican, we're going to talk about a moment he's picked. Now, I can run some VT, but we can talk over it then, so you don't have to stay silent. <laughs> Excuse me. I think you're um, going to have
0: to stay silent with that beer bin coming back on you.
2: I know. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about how I can get out for a toilet break. Um, <laughs> so we're going to bring Jake in uh, like so. Jake, tell us why you've picked this game. For fuck's sake.
4: Um, obviously, it wasn't for the... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. uh, obviously, it's not for the football. Um. Uh, for the fact that Steve Evans was gobbling off all game, managed to get a bit of a... a he got much Michael Appleton and Michael Appleton did back a little bit.
2: So, I'm, I'm sorry, Jan. I'm going to have to drop you out of the feed because it's cutting out so bad, mate. Um, and it, I, it, it's obviously just really tough to hear Jake. Um, so, basically, Jake's picked the Gillingham draw, 0-0, which was an atrocious game. Tao Eden was sent off right at the end. Um, but he's picked it basically for... Steve Evans being put in his box. And now that's a big box. Steve Evans probably being put in, <laughs> let's say, a shipping container. Um, but it was a great moment, wasn't it, Ben?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think seeing somebody that full of, you know, of bluster and piss and vinegar and just sort of, you know, strolling up thinking that he owned the place to basically be bit slapped down by somebody that would terrify anybody if they walked into a bar without knowing who they were. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Because you could see it in, in Steve Evans' face that he was going, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout my mouth off here, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go mental and it's gonna oh it's gonna be horrible. You know, obviously not that picture, but um, you know, he was really, really getting getting into it and you know, going both barrels at Michael, and he just the way that Michael just sort of turned around and said, Yeah, maybe sit down and you know, shut up. It should be all right. He just didn't move, didn't budge, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And of course, anybody that any Lincoln City manager that, you know, has a go at Steve Evans or as Michael said, you know, put him in his box, it's gonna be a winner, isn't it?
2: I think it was a matter of fact way it happened as well. Yeah. I think, it was that matter of fact, he had something to say. I can't remember the exact words, Boozer, and I, I put him back in his box. Um, yeah, so I thought it was great. Massive apologies to, to Jake, obviously. Really, really difficult. He said, sorry, boys, difficult to connect all the way from Mexico. <laughs> um, so there we go. And Sam Mishu says, can you try McGrandall's boots on? Um, well, they are a... They're a nine
0: and a half. You don't sound sure. Can you read? <laughs> they're a nine and a half, so I might possibly be able to fit them. But I, I've got fat feet, so I've got fat everything. But, no, you you <laughs> no, you haven't.
2: No, you haven't. There can I have a boot? Um, so, right. let's <laughs> so try to get one way, of the nice boots. Game. That's what it
3: is. <laughs> uh,
2: the next pick uh, is one I've picked, actually. It's Burton Albion uh, beating them 3-2. Um, all of the photos, by the way, are pro- uh, provided by uh, Bobs, who we're going to bring back in now. Um oh we're not we're bringing in a pearl jam picture what? there we go <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob Brero as well i like that very much so for those who are listening audio <laughs> uh, only uh, that's a tequila <laughs> bottle from bobs yeah. um oh, no. <laughs> so talking about bert and Albion, and obviously I'll, I'll pop some of the um some of the pictures up as well i mean obviously last time that the sta- stadium was full i've picked it for that which i'll come on to in a minute but from your point of view
3: bobs um, do you remember much about the game? Uh, not really, because obviously it was late that I could get on to here. Tonight, but, uh, it's I, I do remember in the last the home game particularly that we had fans in. Uh, but I do remember. I think I only got one of was
2: goals,
3: didn't I? Mm. There we go. I think I was very. I didn't have much luck with the goals that game, but um, that's the sort of picture I like though. Uh, celebrations in front of the 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 fans like it's that's one thing that's definitely it's yeah, nine months it since then. It's but just I think it's hard the thing to describe. Is, uh it's just so quiet. It's just hmm. so quiet. I mean I've never even been to preseason games or any sort of it's it's really just so quiet. It feels like you're playing football yourself. And you're sitting on the bench waiting to come on, you know, on a Sunday league game. But there's, there's no fun. It's just awful. It really is awful. I think that's. I can't, the thing I can't is, wait for the fans to get back. No, I think that's
0: the thing for for me, Bubs. Is like when you when you see the photos that you know you, you put up of that side of it when you've got the you know the players all yeah. celebrating with their backs to you and the, the crowd in front of you. It's that point you really get the understanding of just like, oh Christ, this is this is big. Like, you know, you've got. The players that obviously they love playing for the club, and, and we love the fact that they're playing for the club. It's just those, like you say, they are—they're my favourite pictures that you know that they get. It is as well. the best way I
3: can describe it is that going to matches at the minute is really just watching pretty good players kick a ball around. Mm. It really feels just like that with the fans in, it makes it an event. Mm. Yeah, the whole thing about meeting up with people beforehand with a couple of clients and stuff like something that I meet. Mean, up yourself and carry outside the ground and all that sort of stuff. Now it's just turn up, park the car, sign in, go and sit in the stands till the game starts, take pictures and immediately bugger a phone. There's mm-hmm. just nothing about it that feels like a normal football game. It really is just watching two players get. And like I said earlier, it's just an absolute cry and shame because the success we've had over the last few years and the way. Nearly full stadiums, full stadiums. The way we're playing at the minute, second top of the league one, mm. we fall every week. And uh, games against like Sunderland, I know we got beat 4-0, but I think if John, Johnson had scored two goals that he should have done, it might have been a different game, but we got beat. deservedly, so I think. I, I don't yeah. and then, but then you thought we'd come back against Churisby. If, if, if we'd got a point there, we'd be top now. Mm. It's just an unbelievable position, yeah. This club, you know, what I mean, and in the steer roundabout here for the rest of the season. I'm imagine, imagine, champion next season, god, you know, what I mean, but for the fans who normally turn up in the draws, let's say droves, not be able to witness it, it's a really crying shame, mm. real crying shame. I mean, do we think earlier about what my my highlight of the season would be this year, 2020, and the shit year we've had is when Terry messaged me to say, Yes, you can be able to come to games this season. It really was because Mm it, 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 Barry knows how much I enjoy doing this and to be able to carry on doing it. That's it for me. Yeah. I mean, do we, do we think that, um,
0: Obviously with you know with the situation that it is, do we think this is gonna be the first season that we're not gonna be able to see in person this entire team? I
3: I can't now. I, I what do you think things are going now with this new strain and all that sort of thing. I can't see fans being back the season. No. I don't see it at all. A few weeks ago I would have said maybe by Easter, you know, get, but I can't see it at all now. I'll be very surprised. No. Very surprised. Because everything like, everywhere is going at higher tiers now, isn't it? it's just
0: yeah i mean it is a massive shame and and hopefully you know hopefully it can all be be turned around and you know we can get things back on track soon enough and you know like you say hopefully get in for at least one game before the end of the season but i'm not i'm not hopeful if i'm honest but,
2: um, Yeah, so we, i i'm going to bring something up visual now and it's so for listeners um it's going to be tough bubs and i go back quite a long way um, and he's been doing the photos for the Stacey West for four or five years, now four years, five years potentially. But every so often he sends me a selection of pictures that are not from the particular games, just a selection of pictures. And I've got an album on my computer, which is titled Bob's Picks of the Decade. And at the turn of the 2019 to 2020, he sent me some pictures, and I've just had a look at one and uploaded it while we've been talking. Um, no, I wanted to put up. Love it. I just, do you know what? It's not, for those that are looking, it's Barnet away a couple of years ago in the conference. It's not a packed stand. It's nothing like that. There's Chopper, I think, right in the middle there. Um, but it's, you know, it's moments like that that I think it's all about. And mm. to be honest, you know, for me, Bubs's photography kind of brings that. It brings the games to me that I'm not at. And I think that it's it must be really tough just going and phot- photographing empty stands. But what I wanted to ask Bubs is, you know, you've been a photographer for so long, Aside from the obvious, aside from the Cup Finals and the, the with the games where we've won titles, are there any games that stand out for you that might not be obvious for any particular reason? Oh, uh, off the top of my head. It's great, a great listen as well when I ask a question that stunts people.
3: Yeah. Cheating um, off the top of my head, you know what I think? Recently, more recently, is the first game when we at Southport, the last game at Southport, It sort of closed the circle. Yeah. It was also, I loved Alan Power. I thought he was great. I would love to have seen him play for us in the league, even if it was just as a bit part player in that third and back. So that was his first and last game. Um, but that last game there, that celebration, just get back in the league. See, people go on about the Cowleys and what they did for the club, which was fantastic. But when they got us back in the league, it was enough for me. That <laughs> was right. you're going to be legends for me forever because you got us back in the league. And I couldn't see that happening. I really thought I'd never ever phot- photograph Lincoln back in the league again because the first five years was shit. We were terrible, you know what I mean? We weren't going to happen. We were Um, It was just... ah. Oh. So, other games, I don't know, I suppose, the FA Cup, third round at um, they Bolton-Wanderers, because it was such a difficult journey to get there in the snow that I arrived. Christ, yeah, but it's when you yeah. it down with snow, didn't but it? It was one of them, uh, This was an occasion we don't see it very often in the third round the FA Cup. Mm. Uh, so, that, that one uh, is a one that sticks out. Um
2: Just, Going back to that Barnet game, a couple of people that Pete featured in the pictures, uh, Choppers watching, 20 minutes after the game that picture was taken. Um, actually,
3: right that, yeah, actually, that game um, was one of the few things that Nolan ever did for us, we'd score that equal It was an equaliser, it wasn't to win the game, right in the injury time, right in the last minute. And uh, obviously the Lincoln fans went crazy. And when I was taking those pictures, the Stewart's, tried to jump me off the picture. I was inciting the fans to celebrate because I was taking the picture. <laughs> I thought, oh um, yeah, they're just celebrating <laughs> if I'm yeah. still here or not. And I thought yeah. that was one of the weird things. So, Stewards sometimes come up with some weird things and that was one of them. Just, before we, wrap, the fans.
2: just before we wrap this bit up, Bobs as well. You've been um you've been you've got a bit of form for inciting fans, haven't you as well? On your <laughs> <laughs>
3: I know had to serve a two match band. Yeah. Yeah, bad history, but that was uh, a story about it. But it was something I couldn't resist. Extra when we scored right at the end, I just went over to take some pictures. Generally, it's just a photographer to take some pictures of the extra fan faces because they just lost the game. But they were giving me the finger and all that sort of stuff. So I just, as it's done in Milton Keynes, particularly, I just cut my ear like <laughs> that when I walked away. Scored on camera. So I got banned. We're just fair enough the club, you know. We have to be careful that I do represent the club, so I have to be careful at times. And uh, that was one of them. But that was funny. But it actually right. hurt, not because of getting banned to the because I had to go to Forest Green and pay that pretty twenty quid to watch Lincoln play, and that really, really hurt. I remember really catching,
0: hurt. I remember catching up with you before the game then, and you were absolutely <laughs> stewing.
3: Oh, well, I have hit. I'm going to regret the rest of my left that I had to give that so 20 quid. <laughs> I really, really, really hated right. that.
2: We're going to have to move on. Look, Bubs, it's yeah. absolutely brilliant to have you on, mate. And what we'll do is we'll get you on for a uh, a recorded podcast for a full episode fairly soon. Cool,
3: cool. I Glad so. I could pop in because I would have been at the game. And, like, yeah, it was postponed, so I could pop in. Nice <laughs> to see you, lads. Good luck. See well, you have later, Maybe see, see
2: you, yeah. you boxing day
3: yeah cheers bye care, mate. see
2: you later right cool. we're miles behind schedule so i'm gonna i'm gonna just briefly mention that my we asked to pick our top podcast moments as well uh, and me in a rather cruel uh an unusual um turn of events chose the only really podcast action that didn't involve ben um so i <laughs> I, I expected it, it. For, for me the highlight was the moses swaber interview um it It's not really a podcast moment. It was probably a live broadcasting moment. And I think it's more because Moses trusted me, us, the Stacey West brand, um, to kind of make some really quite interesting revelations about his career at Lincoln and and that sort of thing. Um, And it was also really nice because, obviously, post-Burton, we moved into this mad, crazy world that we haven't emerged from yet where we can't go to the games and where, you know, fans need connecting in some way, which we tried to do we've tried to do for a long while um and i just felt that that was a a kind of a one of those moments where it didn't bring joy but it was something that people could go actually i'll I'll watch this and it will make me forget for maybe just half an hour about the utter shit that's going on in the outside world um and you know also that 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 kind of um thought of moses Swabu stealing chickens and newspapers and fixing games actually you know when you take away the caricature and you put the person there and hear their story um you know it, it was almost it was the closest I've ever come to actual journalism um I think so I was quite pleased with that mm. uh, and moving on a little bit further uh, the next moment is uh mine as well um now I've picked a summer moment here one second fee there we go uh, I've picked a <laughs> summer moment here um and it is when and Bridcut signs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kind of take it, rewind it all the way back to the day that the uh, the, re- the retained list was announced. It's even mm-hmm. been poured for me, bless her. Um, and that kind of moment where you, you, you read nobody's being retained. You know, there is no Neil Eardley. There's no Michael Boswick. There's no Josh Vickers, who arguably Josh would have, you know, would have been a decent keeper at this level. And it's that kind of thought of shh what's happening here and yeah, you we, we put positive spin on it and we talk about how these players you know two or three of them maybe we would have kept but others we wouldn't I'll probably still stand by that but then you step into the unknown you know you form a bond with your football club you form a bond with the players you recognize them you see them every week they're like fringe members of the family um, that you don't talk to or have an interaction with unless you're Ben and Harry Toffolo but you know what I mean you don't that they feel like that. These people like George Grant smiles at me every day from my screen because he's scoring against Charlton, but it feels really familiar. And when that's taken away, there is a disconnection. There was a, somebody on social media who posted something about, I don't feel a connection to this squad. And people jumped on her because she said she was going to stop going to watch Lincoln. But that that lack of connection was always a worry at the back of my mind of everybody's mind. Thank you very much. Um, See, you um, get yeah.
0: waitress service. I just had to bring a few cans up and stick them on my desk. Although in her defense, then she then is currently think- wrapping the Christmas presents. So, you know.
2: My fiance loves me more than your wife loves you. Um so Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um even when we started making sign-ins, again there was a little bit of a thought that, you know who's this guy kind of thing. You know, when Lewis Monsma signed, we know now what he is. When you sign a defender from the Dutch second division, there is that feeling that who's this, who's that. (laughs) Rachel bringing you cans now. Is that what she's doing? What she brought you? She brought you chocolate. She just bought me the rest of the beer. So she's watching downstairs. Look, oh, that's quite sweet because she's trying to show you that she does love you. Um, so anyway, when Liam Bridcott signed, that was the first sign for me that in actual fact, this Lincoln City team does mean business. We're not going to be just a collection of, of cast-offs and freebies. And, you know, that's never what we were. I'm going to pull that down. That's never what we actually were. But that was always the fear. But for me, signing Liam Bridcott when you're a League One side, even if he doesn't play every game through injury, that was absolutely huge. And when you heard him say he could have gone elsewhere, which I don't doubt for one second he could have gone elsewhere, um for more mm-hmm. money but he bought into the project and that's it's not the first time that i realized it but it was one of those earliest times where you thought hang on a minute this this might actually mean something now we might actually be on a journey they said you know if liam bridcott thinks that it's worth coming to lincoln city we're not going to be in the bottom four because a player of his stature wouldn't come and be in a club that was on its ass mm-hmm. and i think that was why i picked that as one of my moments
0: yeah and i i wholeheartedly agree with you i mean I, I had a I, I had an off the record text message uh, text message just beforehand from somebody who shall remain nameless, um, kind of hinting at it, and said, you know, obviously it's not going anywhere, uh, which it didn't, and um, you know, it was just that moment of like, oh, holy shit, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be big, and it, it was, you know, like that, like you said, signing in from 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 Forest of all places, you know, coming down and. I, uh, I've got a, a forest fan at work and, you know, we, we, we chat about stuff fairly regularly. And I think he's one of the ones that's clamoring to, to re-sign George Grant and Brennan Johnson. But, you know, it's it's just that moment when you go, we actually might mean business here. And I don't think we really took it that seriously until we started putting the results together. And obviously, you know, Christmas is in three days and we're joint top of the league. so. Fantastic stuff. Cool.
2: Now, the next moment that we were meant to talk about um, was our <laughs> – so your your, your uh, lovely wife has now commented and said she's watching for the insults to Ben, which – so basically, Rachel, what I'm going to say is Ben's made me an offer that if I don't insult him until February, he will give me one of his boots. Um, if I insult him until February, will you send me one of his boots because it seems like a decent trade-off to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Ellie says you've won the furriest hat award.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you
4: that.
2: Good job you didn't say furriest helmet. I'll tell you. Um that. so the next chat was meant to be uh the four-match unbeaten league run at the beginning of the season, Charlton Oxford Blackpool by Cornell. But I haven't heard from Cornell and he's not watching either. So um he's missed his chance to come on the Stacey West Podcast. But he does have his own podcast, um, the Badman Ting podcast, I think it is, or the Imp Ting podcast. Um, so one day we will collaborate. Indeed. But it was a blistering start to the season, and it runs us into the first of your picks, Ben, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, my the first pick for me was um, was the Liverpool Cup game. I mean, it, it was a it was a moment that really needed fans in the ground, and I think a lot of people were. Um, we're obviously incredibly disappointed. Oh, my good Lord. Um, yeah,
2: I need a haircut for those listening at home, but the, the hat's making my head sweat. So
0: Yeah, I think I might drop mine off in a minute as well. Um Yeah, you know, it was one of those... It was a game when we needed fans in because there aren't that many times when you're going to be able to play the current champions of England and, you know, the world champions, if you want to go down that road as well, um, at your home ground. And unfortunately, it was it was genuinely heartbreaking that we couldn't be in the ground. Um, but I think the scoreline probably, I don't want to say flattered them because, you know, they are the champions of England, but it, I think it was probably a little bit harsh on, on us at the end when it, you know, 7-2 is the way it finished. But it was that fact that we scored two. It was the fact that we got those two goals. And I remember you saying at the time that you were, you know, you were privileged enough to be at the ground. And when Tao scored, you'd celebrated like we'd won. And it was just, it was the fact that we were able to pit our wits against, admittedly, you know, second string Liverpool side, but they still have Minamino playing. You know, it's its that kind of, they still have Virgil van Dijk playing. It was still that moment that we had, you know, we had that chance to prove ourselves against a top, top, top side. Um, and I can only just think, you know, what what could have been, what could have been.
2: Agreed. Um, agreed. We've, we actually might be able to get Cornell on. I'm not quite sure if I can reply to him or not. Um, just one second, Cornell. So I'll, I'll introduce the the next
0: but one.
2: You haven't let me talk about um, Liverpool. Liverpool. Go on then. Um, so yeah, I did cheer Teo Evans. The thing is, I'd put I'd put a bet on. I'd put uh, money on that Liverpool would win. Um, I think it was Liverpool to win by five goals, uh, but I had Lewis Monsma to score any time and Teo Eden scored. And I literally I just exploded. And a guy uh, from commercial came from the box two doors down and kind of said, is is that it? Is your bet come in? And it's like, no. It's like, oh, you're (laughs) just that happy that we've scored. It's like, yeah, (laughs) obviously. Um, And for me, it was an exhibition game those games are because you don't expect to go into them and win and and when you see I mean you mentioned van dijk but there the was uh, Shakiri played for them I think as well didn't you say Minamina. I mean they were they were they were not at full strength but they were at the sort of strength that if they played that team every week in the premier league they'd finished fourth, fourth or fifth um and they were they were on good form as well there was a lot of players with a lot to um to prove uh, but it was just the fact that we went out there and we gave it a good go and I would rather lose 7-2 than 4-0 I'd rather lose yeah. 7-2 than 2-0 on just defence. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather we yeah. give it a go. And I think that was one of the first times that we saw Michael Appleton, actually, we saw his philosophy being consistent. We'd seen in early games against Charlton, against Oxford, we knew how he was going to play. We knew he was going to make no concession for the opposition. Okay, you might let them have more of the ball, um, but he was still going to go for broke. He was still going to attack. He was still going to push forward. He hmm. proved that against Liverpool. And in actual fact, I think, did we draw the second half 2-2? Um, um...
0: I think so. Yes, because we came out and we really attacked it.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that was. Um, I, I understand why you picked it for me. It was an exhibition game, um, and yeah, you know, I would yeah. probably have rather tried to be too cool in school and gone. Actually, we'll go with Blackpool. But um, yeah. So, go on. Now you can talk about what you were going to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, the, the next one for me, um, it was something that I don't think. If we were both brutally honest, I don't think we ever thought would would have happened, you know, just about two years ago. But it was Podcast 100. Um, We, you know, we obviously did the first live one that we're doing, you know, doing a similar one now, sat in this chair, probably having a little bit too much to drink. Um, But, yeah, it it was genuinely special. And then when you sort of turned around and said, I think within a couple of minutes there was about 130 people watching or something like that. I was just blown away by that. It was, it was really quite special. I was, I was genuinely like got a little bit emotional towards the end as well. Again, probably because I had a little bit too much to drink, but it was the fact that um, I can't remember who it was that commented in here earlier. You know, we've been able to to help people and you know keep people amused with our our talk about a club. Yeah, it was it was just genuinely special, and I think the fact that the, the club also posted the uh, the cartoon from Chris beforehand it, it it was a special day that one. It really was. And there we are. Yeah, really, really enjoyable day, enjoyable show, and uh, yeah, here's to many more.
2: And it was only nine episodes ago. It feels like ages ago, doesn't it?
0: I know it's crazy. This year, it feels like everything has taken forever but also happened in a really short space of time.
2: Philosophy with Ben Ward. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that brings me, before we go on talking about anything else, I think that brings me to a special treat for everybody. Okay, Ben doesn't know what this is, but this is a special treat for everybody. When we think back over the podcast, 109 episodes, I sat there thinking, what is it that people would love to be able to hear again? What is it? Which one moment from the podcast would people go, do you know what? That was so brilliant the first time I heard it and I haven't heard it again. And and if you're suffering from insomnia, then do I have the cure for you? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ben's analogy after the Oxford 6-0 defeat in 2019. Enjoy.
0: I, I said this on, on social media in the, in the week. It, it reminded me of a hangover like a really bad hangover where you've had a great night out and you know, our our night out actually lasted about three years. And then you get up the following morning and you've got a raging headache. You don't want to do anything. You can't move, which was the, um, well, it it starts in the taxi home, doesn't it? Your hangovers really. So the Wickham game, when you're on your way home, it's like, that's your, that's your first bit of your hangover. Then you've got the Bristol game where it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We're actually not that great. And we don't feel really good at the moment. Then you've got the uh, the game on Tuesday night. First half was dire. I don't think anyone's going to, well, we, we said as much last week. First half wasn't great at all. And then you have a shower. Like when you have a shower and when, you, when you've when you got a hangover, you suddenly feel like you're, you're ready to take on the world. And you're like, oh, I feel brilliant. I can do this. And you have about an hour where you feel absolutely perfect. Um, an hour shower was at halftime on Saturday, on Tuesday night. Um and then after that hour's up, you suddenly realise, oh no, uh, my liver's really kicking my ass at the moment. And that was Saturday, um, and then you just want to crawl and go to bed, which I think most of us did on Saturday afternoon. But,
2: Jesus, that was a long analogy. Yeah, fuck oh,
0: Sorry. Well, yeah, but Jesus Christ. All right, I, I try. I
2: you try. You that one, not you? Have you written it down on three pieces of A4? Now, that was actually meant to provide cover for me to go for a toilet break, but it didn't fill the whole screen, so I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> you prick. <laughs> uh, we literally lost 11 people while that was on watching. <laughs> literally 11 people have gone. Uh, Jake Tong, he's asleep. He's got his sombrero over his face. He's gone. Rachel's remembering now why she shouldn't have brought you any more bears, or maybe why she should have put some zoppies in your bear and send you to sleep. Kay Jackson working overtime, that's the first yawn. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Uh, it's you again, Ben.
5: No. Gonna...
2: No. No. On, um, ben. Oh, go on. Put your... <laughs> go on. We're going home. Come on. Why'd you pick this one? Is this um... a decent one you can remember?
0: <laughs> You're not getting a fucking boot now, I tell you. <laughs> um no it was it was the game where i think a lot of people were um you know we we obviously went one nil down and i think a lot of people would would probably questioning whether the, the side had the bottle to go on and you know recover from um from going down to a team that we probably should have been beating and i think the second half really was just something else like we It it was almost like he just put a rocket up at half time. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but it was just fantastic. Like to turn around and come out and, and, you know, win the way that we did. I was, and, you know, obviously the other thing as well, I'm so happy for Tom Hopper to, you know, to get one. It was just, it was a great second half. And it was, it showed the character that I think some people might have been questioning was missing. And a lot of people seemed to, you know, obviously the Cowley years, we, we were, particularly the year that we won the National League, it was very much a case of we are, I think you've referred to it before, as almost the crazy gang, you know, with the teams that, with the, the club that don't necessarily have the most talent, but with everything else combined, it, it kind of gives something else. So, yeah, I think that, that to me showed that we have that as well as the talent there.
2: I think it's a good point you make, to be honest, and I actually think it's a great pick. Um, and it could have been that one, it could have been Blackpool away, because I think it, um, look at those pictures twisting about your list. Um I think that it, it, it showed again the character, it showed the other side of things, you know, you go out, you thump Forest Green 6-2, you thump Bradford 5-0, you're dominating the game, you're creating chances, it's beautiful to watch, um, and look, we're not always resistant to, to those sorts of games, Shrewsbury weren't behind and we didn't fight back, um, but it was one of those games where we were poor, to be honest. We, we It was a tepid game. We didn't play well. Um, we went long behind, and it's at that moment you think this team could crumble, this team could struggle. And quite right, we came back and we fought, and we, we did really well. It had a wonderful, wonderful moment from George Grant, um, who, you know for me, is probably, if you had to pick a star player, for me, it's probably George Grant at the moment. He does a little bit of everything. When you've got a player that can play left wing attacking central midfield center uh defense central defense in the field or the D, dcdm or whatever they call a oh, football manager i don't know i mm. don't have the patience anymore um you know he's he's flexed and, um, yeah, then absolutely Tom Hopper and you know what, I, I feel it patronising a little bit when I say, oh, I was delighted for Tom because it's like saying like, oh I was delighted for you know, the shit kid that plays up front who never gets dirty because he got his goal in an 11-0 win, which is me by the way at the team level. Yeah, I feel he's patronising to say that because in actual fact I don't think that Tom Hopper judges himself on his goals and I don't hmm. think Michael Appleton judges Tom Hopper on his goals, but I think as a striker he's judged on his goals by supporters Yeah Your hair looks effortlessly cool by the way when your hair come up, Well. I mean,
0: it really doesn't. It just looks like someone's dragged a mop through a hedge, and used a rake on it, or something. <sighs> I think. We, I think. Gaz's, yeah, I think, Gaz's, yeah, I think Gaz's internet is, is is coming in and out a little bit, he's, but he's going a bit blurry. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're good. You're good.
2: Well, in that case, we'll give my internet a little bit of a rest. And we'll bring in because we're going to talk about Wigan and we're going to talk about Rochdale. We'll drop me out and we'll bring in Dave Johnson. Um, so I'll drop you first, Ben, just to introduce Dave and say this?' Because you need a wee, no, 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 not at all. No, I'm not going to go
3: for because I no. do.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'll drop you out now. You go for a wee, and it's all me, yay! Uh, and now we'll bring in Dave. Now, first of all, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on, my friend. How are you? Not bad. How are you? How is my radio very-
5: the last time I did the uh. The match day live or something I don't my audio was awful is it the levels fine
2: it's low at the minute is that better it's, a, the, it's an absolutely perfect feed
5: okay we'll leave, we'll leave yeah, it there we'll, we'll, we'll work right, with it mate know.
2: we'll work with it don't worry at all
5: I appreciate you having me <laughs> on man I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show
2: no, it's, it's brilliant to have you on. Obviously, you've, you've been everywhere this year as well. I mean, you know, what's everywhere it like? When
5: except Lincoln. Everywhere except the place I want to go. <laughs> Do you remember
2: much from the Wigan game?
5: Um, fr- from seeing the highlights, obviously, yeah. I, I feel like that was the game where I first, um, I'll tag on to what Ben said, but that was the first game where I felt like we really showed like our resolve, like where there where we had a little bit of adversity and then overcame it. I think that was the the first the first real test where we where we showed we had the medal i think
2: wonderful stuff um i mean we'll touch on your choice in a moment um about ben just one second ben have you not gone to the toilet yet i thought you were going to the toilet i think think you did oh okay oh we'll lose you again then i'm like i enjoy talking to dave um i'm really interested like an american so massively into soccer as you are as well I mean, what sort of, because you obviously, there's massive challenges to being a fan. You're having to get up early in the morning to watch games, you're having to stay up late, all that sort of stuff.
5: Well, I I guess it's a little different for me now um, as opposed to prior before I worked night shift. Um, I I work night shift from 5 p.m. to 7 a.m. And if most Lincoln games for me are at 9 in the morning. So if I work from 5 a.m., I have to stay up until 11 a.m. the next day. Or if I work 5 p.m., I usually get up at like four PM, three, three 30, 4 PM, get ready for work because I usually like hop on at four because we're working from home during all this. And then if I get off, uh normally seven o'clock, six thirty, seven o'clock, I'm in bed, seven thirty, eight o'clock. I try to be. And that'll give me like five, five to six hours before my next shift. Well, if Lincoln plays um at nine, that's I'm up to 1130 and then I sleep from noon roughly until three. So I get three hours on a, on a game day where I work on the actual night of the game. Um, If the games are at, I think you've played a, we've played a couple that were at like one, one or two in the afternoon, my time. Um, Those are like perfect. If if we could have more of those and less of the, I guess it would be 3 p.m. games for you guys. Um, if we could have less of those and more of the late evening games, that would be more ideal for me. But uh, yeah, it's it's sleep sleep deprivation is probably the would be the motto of my soccer fandom.
2: <laughs> and uh, just I mean, I I follow American and. Um, say soccer it it pains me obviously um i mean i follow it a little bit do you have any mls team near you or any other team team i'm about
5: two and a half hours south of kansas city which america is really far spread out two and a half hours is is i don't know 150 miles or so that's the closest team but i think they they just got a, a team in st louis which i live if you picture kansas city and st louis here i live here So I'm like right in between both of them. So I could pick either or, um, but the MLS really, it it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me because I really hate the U S the U S youth system. Um, because a reason why the U S is so far behind developing and now I feel like we're catching up, but, um, for, for the better part of a decade, a decade and a half, we weren't starting because of the college system here was essentially America's youth system. We didn't have clubs that had youth teams, so you have you have people starting their careers at twenty-three when they graduate college. Like that's literally six years behind. Like you we can't compete on the world stage when we're when we're already six years behind. So um, but the MLS is it's it's a lot better now. I mean, they're they're actually getting players who aren't 40 and retiring now. I mean, there's a there's a lot of good young talent that that are being watched by big teams in Europe. I, I know we have Weston McKinney at Juventus, and I think they're also looking at uh, one of FC Dallas' players right now, a young right back. I think I forget his name, but um, yeah, the, MLS really doesn't. I'm, I'm a huge US men's national team fan, but MLS really doesn't. I'm not. I'm not an MLS guy. Because it's,
2: I mean, um, I, I actually follow the international game quite a bit. And obviously, um, just thumped El Salvador six 0 predominantly with young MLS-based oh, players life. as well. So, I mean, it, it, there is uh, there was a, a young lad called is it Brennan Anderson possibly? I, I, I seem to think, um, but there is a hope after missing out on the last World Cup that perhaps the next one. I know this is meant to be Lincoln City,
5: but... Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's El Salvador. So the thing people in Europe don't really understand about the CONCACAF is there just because there's a, a huge difference and in, in play quality with US and Mexico and, and even Canada lately being, you know, kind of jumping into that tier with Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David for Canada. Um, but the US and Mexico have kind of separated themselves over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of being, being the top tier. But even though the quality of pitches, the type of play, the refereeing, like everything is equalized in CONCACAF because you're playing in mud log pitches. You're playing like in, in, in what would, what would be like a probably like a division five stadium when you're going to Trinidad and Tobago and, and Guatemala and Costa Rica and places like this. Like it's not easy to get wins in these places. Now, granted, when they play in the U S it's, it's a lot different because they're playing in better quality pitches and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's a lot different, and people just look at, oh, the Costa Rica is ranked 80th in the world and the U.S. is 20th. That should be some walk-off home run, or sorry to bring a baseball analogy, but um, the, it's it's very much equalized in the quality of pitch. The pitches that people play on, the environments are extremely hostile, and I don't mean like Serbia with partisan and, and Red Star and things like that, but it's, it's you know, at, at the Azteca, they throw bottles of urine From the stands at players you know like it's 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 extremely hostile over here so um but yeah it's i forgot your original question sorry
2: no it's absolutely fine what we'll do i'll bring ben back in actually on that because i could sit and talk to you about international football and and, uh, america all all day and i forget other people are actually watching um so we'll bring ben back in he's been for a a particularly long toilet break there Um, no i'd I'd finished my
0: toilet break the first time you brought me back in now, just kept, you just kept me in the green room so it made it look like i had an extremely large job
2: <laughs> now dave has picked his lincoln city moment and the reason he's on towards the end is because it's a really recent moment and i have stolen a video that may infringe on copyright um so if that's the case uh, i'm sorry i have taken the commentary off it uh, and put christmas tune on it so this is what dave's picked uh, and afterwards i'll drop myself out of the feed not to go to the toilet uh, to allow you guys to talk about it
0: oh what fun it is to see lincoln win away uh yeah that was lewis Monsman's goal um against uh, against rochdale um why have you picked that one dave
5: it wasn't actually just the goal as why i picked it um even though it was a beautiful goal i mean he picked up the or got the got the layoff pass from george grant stepped mm-hmm. up 10 yards and and banged it in but and it had you know he knuckleballed it and it it dipped <laughs> perfectly in front of the keeper like beautiful goal but the fact that we have uh, everybody on the pitch minus palmer is getting on the score sheet like to me that's incredible at this level to have to be able to have people that can contribute from anywhere on the field and from midfield like uh, I don't I wouldn't say those against the run of play I feel like that was a game that we we pretty much were in the driver's seat from the the entirety of the game um, but just to have monsima have that that kind of confidence and and willingness to just bang the ball from 35 yards away is to me that's impressive there's there's what maybe three teams in all of League One that probably have a defender who can hit a shot like that?
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just he he's proven. You know, I think what is he on eight nine for the season now? I think um, yeah, eight. I think. Ne- nearly in double figures, and he's a centre back. Like you don't get that sort of performance. I mean, there was there'd be some people. Um, How
5: many teams have strikers who don't have?
0: I was going to say, like you know, that that we've had strikers in the past that that haven't been able to, you know, hit eight by Christmas, and we've now got a sense back that can do it. But it's good that you you say that you know we're getting goals small over the pitch because I think. um Somebody mentioned it. I can't. Um, I, I can't bring in the comments. Um, Monster on the knockerball, so sweet. Uh, that's not me doing that. That is Gaz doing that. Um, but uh, Brian said about you know we we judge Big John on uh, on more than his goals. Tom Hopper's work rate areas uh, is far greater, and he deserves to score more. I think what's interesting there is the fact that when we had you know we had John O'Kindy as, as essentially a target man um, that was kind of he wasn't the target man kind of player and a lot of people you know would would criticize him for not getting goal smoke and play um and i think you know when when we were talking about it on the podcast we'd say those people almost seem to think that goal smoke and play counted for two you know stuff like that where they were really getting stuck into him but ultimately when he finished you know top scorer but i think the thing is with tom hopper is that a lot of the pressure's being taken off him um in that like you say we're getting goals from all over the place so we're getting a center back who's got eight goals already we've got a player that's in midfield that's you know scoring penalties for fun when they put you know when, when we're given the opportunity we've got another you know got two players that with incredible pace that can you know again when they're on the day will score for fun in you know in scully have, and johnson I have,
5: I have no complaints about hopper not scoring i mean no. obviously i'd love him to score more but that guy's that guy pressing is the key to us getting the ball back like he's step one of our press, you know, like he does a fantastic job up front, I think.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it, it's that thing about the number nine shirt, isn't it? You, you get the number nine shirt, you're expected to be banging in 20 goals a season, but there is so much more. And Phil said here, how about a monster shot at crew after 30 seconds? Wow, what a sense of half million pounds, no less. I'd, I'd take no less than 10.
5: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I keep seeing this thing on Twitter about. Uh, what we would sell Monsuma for what we would sell grant for like i don't know that there is a price tag that i want to see monsima go you know right. like obviously the the club the club vision is developing players and selling them for profit totally understand that but yeah. not monsima like <laughs>
0: yeah. it's something you, know, you, you 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 grow attached to players don't you yeah. you grow attached to to players that would be you able
5: just to see them in person that, yes that has to happen before you sell them
0: yeah yeah absolutely i think you know we, we touched on that with bubs a little bit earlier on that it's it's this whole idea that we might be able, you know, we might not be able to to get into the ground and see possibly one of the best Lincoln City sides ever, and yeah. you know, it, it's just it's coming around. But Gaz is coming back on, and he's shaking and say, "Why are you shaking your head, Gaz?"
2: I don't know. Best Lincoln City sides ever. I think you can only ever start judging a side as the best ever five or ten years after they played, because otherwise it feels crass when you're saying um this side's the best ever when you actually want I did you know, say it. one of I did
0: say one of
5: I would say most promising it's especially in the era that I've watched so the last four years to me this is the most pot- highest potential team that we've had
2: and I'm interested we'll just um, wrap up David with you in a minute but because you've also kind of undertaken a little bit of trying to look into the history as well I understand that I mean we had a brief talk about past imperfect I think the uh, the history book didn't we um how's that going say that one more time sorry okay. how's your how's your delving into lincoln city history going are you picking it up? i have
5: uh i have the one hell of the season book um that i'm i have not gotten to yet my work is like in insanely time consuming right now but um i got that i do i have your uh your book on a list i think the, uh, uh, that the mascot <laughs> one. um there's i have i don't know ten, 10 other recommendations as far as stuff from uh people on twitter and, and instagram and things like that of what people have recommended to me, but man, I, I love just hopping on, hopping on iFollow or YouTube and watching a game from three years ago. Like it's awesome to me, you know, like I, I I load old football managers and go through the roster and and simulate seasons and stuff. Like to me, that kind of stuff is fun. I, I, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a journey that I'm, I'm still on cloud nine about. I, I love everything about the club. I mean, I'm sure you guys can tell from the way I talk about it or the interactions that we have, like, I've, it's it's brilliant. Nope, well, the uh,
0: there is actually um, in the uh, the hell of a season book. There is a really because obviously it follows two clubs at the same time. Um,
5: Boston, right?
0: Yeah, there's there's the there's the Boston side of it and the Lincoln side of it. There is a chapter in there that if you read it with kind of a, a critical eye on like the business side of football, your your jaw will drop. It is. It, tales of people meeting in car parks and all sorts it's, it's crazy
2: on the other hand dave for you i have actually managed to bag a copy of past imperfect which was the complete history that was meant that was on the um internet for like 50 quid do you remember we had a brief conversation oh and yeah
5: was- it, it was like 99 dollars or something for me to order it and then it was like another hundred dollars to ship it so i think well, that's why i passed on that one
2: it's uh it's going to be nothing now because i managed to get you a copy um, so when you're ready for it, send me your address uh, and I'll send it over to you for a read.
5: That's amazing. I appreciate that.
2: No worries, Look, mate. Thanks for coming on, and um, we'll get you on a proper pod, a full podcast soon because uh, we could talk all day about um, Lincoln City. I'm sure. Um, have a merry Christmas, and uh, no doubt I'll see you very soon. You guys Look. too. merry Christmas. Absolutely. Cheers, Dave. Now I've just got to say, he is a top bloke. Absolutely. He really is. He understands the game, and I I, I respect that. In a country, I mean, I do a lot of writing for America. So I write about uh, American football, baseball, basketball. Lots of my clients, excuse me, that I write for are are based in America. Um, And there is sometimes a lack of understanding about soccer, and we have to call it soccer, um, but he gets it. Even just talking there, I think about um, selling players, about the first line of defence, about Tom Hopper, that sort of thing. Um, and I, I kind of, uh, I respect that and he puts the hours in as well. So, um, we're hoping, I mean, we're, we're nearing the end of the show now, but I was hoping to get Pete on for, uh, a special quiz. Now I know Pete's commented. So if he's watching, I'm hoping he's about to click the link, uh, because we are planning a little quiz for, um, Pete and Ben, because as we know, Ben is uh, a Lincoln C supporter. He goes to watch Lincoln, but he's a Man United fan. Uh, and we know that Pete is a Lincoln City fan. You know, he knows a lot about Lincoln City, but he's a Man United season ticket holder. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun, wouldn't it be great fun to get Pete on against Ben and ask so, Ben questions about Man United so on. and Pete about Lincoln? And now I've had four or five Elvis juices. It seems even more fun. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Pete's not coming on at the moment. Uh, so what else have we got on the list? I've got five to ten minutes. End with a chat about next year um so look in all seriousness we'll 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 take the the christmas hats off um and and look at where we actually are at the moment and where we were a year ago and i think had we recorded this podcast a year ago had we gone all out and gone look we'll do a live show we would have been talking about promise but apprehension we would have been talking about you know michael's got another man's tools we would have been saying and he's trying to do his job with them we There would have been a worry at the back of our minds, potentially, about a relegation battle. And that was part of why I picked the Burton game, because that was a game where actually we won that game and I walked out thinking we're not going to get relegated. Little did I know it didn't actually matter. But there's no fear of that now. We're not sat here now thinking, come May, we might be scrapping for our existence. What we're actually seriously, seriously thinking, with no irony whatsoever, is we could be in the championship next year. I mean, how fast... How far have we come and how quickly? And Michael says we shouldn't, Not with, you know, we're nowhere near the finished article. And the sensible part of me says we shouldn't be heaping pressure on this side. We shouldn't be developing that expectation. But the truth is, you know, without, you know, take a couple of games out of it, we're bloody brilliant in a minute. 40% yeah. less budget, 15, yeah. 50 years. And we outclass Northampton. Okay, we struggled against Sunderland. But we've outclassed teams with bigger teams than us, better teams than us. We're second in the table at
0: Christmas. I mean, that, that, what you just said there, we're second on the table on goal difference. Like, we're not even, you know, we're not second outright. We're second on goal difference with a game in hand. You know, it, I, I can't, I can't, I can't grasp it. I can't, I can't understand, like, you know, the, the, the rise has just been phenomenal. <laughs> you know, the, um, It's so easy to sit there and go, oh, you know, well, you look at Karsh Alton to now. It's like, well, that is is the rise. It's been, you know, what, like two seasons in League Two. This is our second season in League One. Could we be going from, like, non-league to the championship in five years?
2: Well, before we discuss that...
0: Oh, Pete's here, isn't he? Before
2: we discuss that... (laughs) we've got a quiz no prizes just for fun predominantly mine um but let's welcome in uh my friend pete he's hungry he's just put the baby to bed baby being thomas who's not a baby but whatever how we doing pal all right
6: yeah yeah not bad i i'm sorry i I'm, i heard you say you really get me in so i then went and sat, but didn't press done so um, i've been sat there waiting wondering why i wasn't being allowed in for the last <laughs> three or four minutes
2: now Part of this quiz is obviously because you put Ben forward for a quiz uh, the other day. Obviously, you you wanted him to win.
0: Either, I mean, I, that, I, yeah, it backfired like, massively, it didn't it, it Pete? Let, let's be honest, <laughs> yeah, it sorry, backfired sorry. massively.
6: Um, I didn't really think about it at the time. To be fair, <laughs> 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 no. There's no at point putting now it all, is there?
2: At the mention of a quiz, uh, John Paul Stanley has said, I think I just saw Ben's soul die. <laughs> oh, no. I thought I'd killed it ages ago. I can't believe he's yeah. still alive. <laughs> so I'm not going to keep Pete too long because he hasn't eaten and he's starving, but he's drinking on an empty stomach, so I like to see that. So am I. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, um...
6: <laughs> We're both equally disadvantaged, then.
2: <laughs> so... Uh, for those listening at home or whatever, uh, we're now down now to 49, the lowest viewer count so far of the evening. Um, I can I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to ask Ben three questions about Man United and I'm going to ask Pete three questions about Lincoln City. Doesn't matter who goes first. Uh, so Pete's here, he's new.
6: So I, I'm answering questions about the football team that you support and Ben's answering questions about the football team that he supports. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Why don't we get Pete on more? Um, <laughs> he's a prick, yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Like,
6: I, I, I'm to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh dear, me, uh, well, we,
3: we'll be down
6: to about 20.
2: I'll shut up, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Ben's wife's watching, she says, Whatever Ben proclaims, he loves a quiz. I do love a quiz, but I just one don't that's rigged against him. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. So, simple question, Pete. I'll start with you first. Who are Lincoln City's shirt sponsor? Are, they,
6: are these the same questions that Ben got in the quiz?
2: <laughs> Peregrine.
6: No. <laughs> Peregrine. Think, I think might, be. without being certain.
2: Peregrine. That's one to Ben. Uh, one to Pete. Damn the Elvis juice. Ben, nice and easy. Who are Man United's shirt sponsor?
0: Is it still Chevrolet?
2: Oh, that's one all, one all. David Johnson says, "Does the winner get Gary's signed boots?" <laughs> you can know, my barber Wellington boots that started. I don't want anything games.
0: that's been Gary's
2: feet. Okay, question. Uh,
6: well, surely.
2: <laughs> let me just check the answers. Uh, okay, uh, Pete. Who did Lincoln play on the opening league game of the season?
6: Oxford
2: is correct Ben who did Man United play on the opening league game of the season I've got no fucking clue come on it's a one in 19 chance
0: Chelsea
2: oh that's wrong it's Palace Pete Mm. Lee unfortunately Neil Carlton says the winner gets Gary's signed pants bastard well Pete's won, so... Well, he hasn't won because he's 2-1 and there's another question and I might do a tiebreaker. So I'm going yeah, to stay... If, with... if, the, if the prize is your pants, I'm not going to answer it right, even if I know what the answer is. Because you already have a pair. Um, so uh, the final question is, which Man United player has made the most league starts this season? Marcus Rashford... Pete, hey, I'll give you a chance to com- compound the win. Which Lincoln City player has made the ma- made the most league starts this season? One of two. Palmer
6: start- has Palmer started every game?
2: Palmer has indeed started every I can't believe I'm having to check. Uh, it's Palmer, Jones, and I think George Grant. Yes. Uh, so congratulations, Pete. You've won a signed pair of um, nothing Your at palms- all. Yeah, one <laughs> Uh, Dave Johnson has got the Man United question right. Harry Maguire. Oh, okay. Should have kept Dave in. He knows Man United more.
6: (laughs) Unfortunately.
0: I mean, it's not surprising, considering that I don't support Man United.
2: (laughs) You know that's not true. Um, So, Pete, just quickly, before we let you go and get some food, um, future's looking good for Lincoln? Yeah,
6: yeah. I was just just watching the... The sort of people picking their highlights of the season actually that, thinking about the Oxford game you see fixtures come out, no idea what's going on whole new squad you look at the first few fixtures and think this could be a really tough start for a really mm. young t- team beat the team that I would have thought would walk the division this season and all systems go well ever since so yeah, God as long as you can get, keep the in, you know, no, no more injuries mm. nothing stops
0: I mean, I think the thing is, we in our prediction podcast, we said that we we both thought that Peterborough would basically walk the league. And I think I picked Oxford to come second. And I think you had him in the playoffs,
2: Gaz. Yeah, sounds about right.
0: So it's, you know, to start off with, like you say, with with Oxford and then kind of have the run that we've had, despite the opposition that we've had that to me was when when i start started thinking oh we're in we're in a bit of dreamland here but then to kind of continue that yeah it's it's a start i could never have predicted in a million years and you know you said earlier guys that you, you if you are in and around the top at christmas you're likely to legitimately be involved in the playoff hunt come the end of the season and if we keep playing the way we are doing i can't see as i, I can't see as dropping more points than we gain if I'm honest.
2: Sounds good, yeah, good. Can't disagree. Very good. Cool. Well look Pete, thank you very much for coming on. Um there obviously is no prize unless you class a phone call with me tomorrow while I'm walking the dog a prize. Um probably not.
6: Punishment. I'll give you ring if you pal, want pal. Pete. Yeah please
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers pal, thank you for coming on. Cheers, fellas bye. Well I think that's just about it, isn't it, mate?
0: Absolutely is, yeah. It's oh, uh, a surprise for you. Oh no.
2: You'll love this. Look at my pajamas. Oh, for, f- <laughs> <laughs> for those listening at home, I've got Superman pajamas on. I mean,
0: to be fair, until until about five minutes before we started recording, I had Buzz Lightyear pajamas on. So
2: <laughs> you were gonna tell me you went trousers on until five minutes before we started <laughs>
0: I've got shorts on now, so...
2: Oh, dear. Um, and I know <laughs> that Superman is DC. Yes, he is. Well done, Gaz. Spider-Man is Marvel. Yes. So I'm playing Spider-Man. A couple Which of mean, comments. Yeah. Phil Dames, he's been watching all the time. Phil, I don't know what you've done wrong to have to watch us two all night, but thank you very much yeah. anyway. January is a big month. Board back Danny in the National League days. Will they do the same with Michael? He is made well ahead of schedule. Interesting talking point, Ben, but... Mm. I'll I'll pick up first of all, it's going to be tough for him to back him because they backed Danny in the National League on the back of an FA Cup win, knowing we've got the trip to Ipswich as well. Um, You know, the the money was coming in and I think, you know, it's pretty tough at the moment to say where the money's coming from. I mean, I'm on the supporters board. I can't breach any kind of confidence, but the financial, even with the bailout, the financial landscape isn't, you know, let's back the manager. It's, Mm. Let's survive. Let's have a team next season. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I think that's the that's the discussion at the moment. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of clubs in that boat. Um, so, in terms of you know players potentially going, I don't see too much of a, a worry about players leaving for other teams in this division. It's where it's it's when teams above us, you know, in the, in the Championship and in the in the Premier League are going to potentially roll the sleeves up and go right we're going to cherry pick players that we can develop further it's it's that point at which you know is there going to be somebody like a brentford coming in with you know a 10 million pound bid for ivan somebody like an ivan tony if that happens we as a club we just can't turn it down and you know uh, as much as i was talking to dave earlier about you don't want to lose those players you, you can't put a price on them is it going to be a difficult one to turn down if somebody comes in with a big money offer for any of the players?
2: Go on to that's the method, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's 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 the thing with you know, obviously they talk about the method in terms of bringing in the young players, develop them, and then and then get you know get shot of them for a profit. I think a lot of people took that to assume that that process would probably take three or four years, but if somebody like Lewis Montsmer comes in and turns around and goes right, well. He's tearing the league up. He scored eight goals by Christmas. You know, Lincoln have kept 10, uh, ten clean sheets. He's a fucking centre back. That is going to be the kind of player that will attract big money. He's the saleable one.
3: Yeah. Saleable.
2: At, George, at, George, at um, this moment in time, yes. Yeah. George George's contract is up in six months. I did wonder for a while if Sean Rowan was being left on the bench because there's actually a big money to buy coming in for him. Um, I did wonder that. Whether that's the case or not, that's that's purely me. I don't, yeah, I don't know, but he, he, I did think. But Lewis is the one that teams are going to look at and they go, he can play out from the back, he can head, Absolutely. he can take rough stuff, he can score goals. If he goes, right, that is not a lack of ambition. It's he shown. Oh, him. no. Because if he goes, what we're doing is we're saying, this is the model. He moves on. And, OK, with the Brexit and all that rubbish, and we're not going to talk politics, but with all of that, you know, we can't go out and get a Lewis Monsma from door But there's nothing to say that we can't find a Lewis Monsma elsewhere, for instance. Um, And like here we see uh, Brian, Rundle, Jesse George already looking for replacements. What about somebody coming for MA?
0: I mean, I think in terms of already looking for replacements, we've we've spoken to Clive and we've spoken to Liam before. There's always a contingency. There is always that discussion that's going on that says, if Michael left tomorrow, what's going to happen? You know, if George Grant goes on the 1st of January, what's going to happen? If any member of the playing squad goes, you know, what's the plan? It's not, I I don't necessarily think it's like a a turnaround that you'll say, right, well, is somebody going to come in for Michael? Like, undoubtedly, somebody will be looking at Michael Appleton. Undoubtedly, everybody would be looking at, you know, every single member of our squad is undoubtedly being looked at by clubs in the Championship and the Premier League there's no uh, maybe 100%. maybe a few in the premier league um, but you know there's you know you, you've got that kind of level of ambition from out, from the club that's been shown on the budget that Michael's got there's no there is no question that there will be teams looking at michael appleton going eh, he could do a job 100% you know but i think
2: i don't think he'd go
0: no i was just going to say I, I think he's got the he's got as much backing as he needs at the moment and going back to the question about, you know, is it, is there going to be the backing for him in January? I think he's got the backing that, that he feels that he needs. He's been given the players that he's, that he wanted, you know, he's been given the opportunity to get the players that he wanted. And I think unless somebody goes, I can't necessarily see too many people coming in in January. And I I think that's probably Um, going to be a Michael decision rather than a board decision.
2: Loans, I think let's look at a couple of other questions. There's a couple from Dave. And like I said, at one point we've got to get Dave on a full show because Mm, I'm I'm not just going on. I'd really like the lad. I really do. Um, First of all, is this the worst possible season to get promoted? Are we going to be able to afford financially to compete in the championship? What I like about that question is it goes right the way back to 1982, 83, when you know, I came in sport Lincoln four or five years after that or three years after that. And it was always, the question was always, the board don't want to get promoted. We can't afford it. That was the saying. And back in eight, the late eighties, excuse me, you couldn't because if you went up to the championship, all you had was a few bigger gates, but much bigger wages. You couldn't afford to go up. Um, I think to answer Dave's question now, I don't think it's a question of, can you afford to be in the championship? Because as soon as you step foot into the championship, TV and what you have to do it's not whether we can afford to earn the championship it's whether fans will understand that if we go to the championship we come straight back down and we do it with the players we've got now on the budget we've got now and then you bank money and then when you drop into league one you're the big spender and you then go back up and you drop back down you do what Rotherham do and as a Lincoln City fan I would love to do what Rotherham do every year promoted one year relegated the next bring it on because if you're relegated bravely you've still got plenty to cheer. If you go into the championship thinking we know, not thinking we're shit, thinking we're small. We're not as big as Middlesbrough Forest, Derby, Preston, Brentford, uh, whoever else is in there. I can't think who else is in there. Watford are in there, aren't they? We're not as big as any of them. So we'll go and stand toe-to-toe with them. And you know what? We come down and we battle bravely. But you save your money. When you come back down, you go back up. And it's how Burnley have made a, a, a career out of being in the Premier League. Because mm. for a while they came up, they spent nothing, they went back down. Then they came back up, they spent nothing, they went back down. Don't do what Villa and Fulham did. Go up, spend loads of money, come back down. So that be who you are, come back down. If we were yo yo in every division, do you know what I'd love to go into May having something to play for, be it the title or relegation from the championship, that would be that would be better than just sitting in the playoffs in League One all the time. Mm. What a conversation to be having.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous, it's shit, isn't, it?
2: isn't it? It's stupid. It really is stupid. I went away to North Ferro before years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, um, I think, uh, Mark's. I think Mark, uh, not Mark. Sorry, I think Paul's mentioned up in the in the chat. You know, there is a, a very real contention that Lincoln City versus Arsenal could potentially be a league fixture next season.
2: Yeah, I'm not buying that as much, but I did oh. see Paul mention that. I like this, Kevin Green, top, top blow, known him years and years. Great to see Shrewsbury holding Doncaster and now half-time. Shrewsbury are a good side. They won't go down. Let me tell you, no, Shrewsbury will finish mid-table, guaranteed. They weren't losing games. I said it on the podcast. They weren't losing games. They were drawing games. Shrewsbury are a decent side at this level. Are you happy to go on for a bit, Ben, if we answer a few more questions? Yeah, yeah, by all means. Uh, Brian had a great message from Brian earlier, talking about SWOT analysis. And he was saying how Michael does a SWOT analysis after games on the club. And I thought that's brilliant because I didn't know that. And I've just done a SWOT analysis, I think, like Michael. Um, Toblo, you can imagine a team like Watford looking at the Big Apple as a man of principle. I would say there is no way Michael Appleton would go to a Watford. No. Even more, but yeah, we thought this about Danny because Danny said plenty that he wouldn't do. But Michael has been there and made the errors. If if we'd had Danny and Danny was saying, I wouldn't go to a team in mid-season, and he'd done it three times and it failed, you would have you could understand him not doing it. But he did yeah. it because he hadn't done it before. Michael's not going to go somewhere that's tainted. He's not going to go somewhere where he might be sacked in three months' time because he's been out of work at Blackpool, at Blackburn, at Portsmouth. He's been in those situations. Yeah. We, It's almost like the perfect storm with Michael to me. Mm. in that we've got he was a top player and he was he didn't achieve what he could have done because of injury but he was a top player he was a good coach top coach That he made the mistakes and he knows he made the mistakes we've spoken to him about them he'll be here till the end of his contract
3: mm.
2: signing a new contract is different because yeah. then he stocks high yes. i think he wants to put three years behind him and go to top clubs look at what i've done
0: and I mean, if that happens, I don't think anyone could begrudge you. You know, I mean, obviously we're we're talking in the future, and we're talking, you know, good couple of years into the future at this point. But you know, I think it's interesting you say about, um, you know, it's interesting you say about about uh, about Danny there. It was. Did you watch the, the quest highlights on Saturday?
2: No.
0: <sighs> Funny moment. Um, so first off, there's there's all of the. Um, the on your side badges where they've got like little scarves, the EFL mind on your side thing. It's okay. like a mental health charity thing. So everybody wears their team colors. Um, and it was quite interesting to me that Danny Cowley had the, uh, the red and white one, which is being sold through Lincoln city store. I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. And then um, Colin Murray started talking to him about, uh, you know, about it, how he's how he's getting on what he's doing, and then how Lincoln are doing, obviously very complimentary about Lincoln um and then Colin said about you know, but your your kids are Lincoln fans still aren't they he said, yeah, yeah, you know we're, we're still we still live in Lincoln, we still kids still wear the Lincoln City shirts when they go training, and, you know, they still want to go down to Centralor Bank when they can get back in um yeah they' they're still massive Lincoln City fans, and it turned away the, the camera panned away back to to Colin Murray, and as the camera moved back, Colin just went, not so much Huddersfield. absolutely priceless
2: do you know what i i am not somebody that will hear a word against danny Cowie. 100 i'm not yeah it's a christmas special. i've had for theirs i don't care i'll I'll say it he's he's a hero of mine he always will be what he did for this football club what him and his brother helped to spark in this football club was phenomenal i'm not Mm -hmm. going to be derogatory about the way that they did it in terms of the football that they played because we loved it when it was being played there's nothing to be derogatory about Yes, we spent well when we were in League 2. We could spend well in lead 2. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who was in charge, we would have had that money. We spent well when we had Peter Jackson in charge in League 2. And look what happened there, it all went to shit. So yeah, I will, I'll not never hear a word against Danny. I'm not somebody that will retweet everything he tweets. I'm not somebody that will talk about him all the time on social media because I'm an aware Lincoln City fan. I'm aware that you and I have a profile so to speak and if we were constantly going on about danny that's that's old news um but i yeah i think deep down if we're honest if you were to ask danny if you sit down right now and say do you regret leaving lincoln i think he would say part of him does but we were going in one direction they were going in the other and you know we've all had when we were younger relationships where you think this person's going in one place this person's going the other and you know he just that that was the way it was Um, But in 10 years' time, there's absolutely no doubt whatsoever that Danny Cowley will be classed as one of the greatest Lincoln City managers. He deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as Graham Taylor, as Keith Alexander, and as Colin Murphy, and as Bill Anderson. And they're kind of a collective of Lincoln managers that achieved things that nobody else did. And Michael Appleton has got an awful lot going for him, an awful Mm -hmm. lot. If he was to get us into the championship, he would be amongst those. You know, you have to win a trophy to do that. Um, I I was always behind Michael I was one of the first people who linked Michael with a job when I did an article on Football League World Um, I think he's a phenomenal manager quite how we've managed to get two in a row as we have um, (laughs) arguably three there's an argument to say that actually Chris Moyes is coming in and working for free when he did we were on our arse he was the first one to pick us up they've both now achieved since then so yeah. And you have to look at Clive as well. The last two appointments have been brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely. I mean, I think if we're looking back over 2020, I think we just need to say, you know, this has been an awful, awful, awful year for for pretty much everything. Um, but, you know, and, and this is in no way, in no way, you know, just just blowing smoke because I think, you know, that's that's not who we are as people. But I think a massive thank you has to go to Clive, the board, Liam, and you know anybody associated with the club for keeping it going the way that they have done. Um, th- you know, Liam Liam comes under a hell of a lot of stick, but when it comes down to it, he will give you as much information as he is allowed to do in the way that he feels is right. Um, and I just think, you know, a lot of the stick that he gets is undeserved, but you then look at Clive, you look at the honesty that Clive has, you look at the, 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 uh, the fundamental beliefs that Clive has as well. Like Clive is essentially, his views align with a lot of people, you know, the 617 lads, they, they talk about Clive a lot. And, you know, I think we've talked about Clive quite a bit as well. And we said, you know, that, his, his views on things are incredibly astute. You know, he'll, he'll look at things and go like the the, the bailout initially, the, the, the bailout, uh, the project big picture. He was one of the, the most vocal chairman against it. Um, we have the best front office in the EFL. I I cannot disagree with that at all. You know, I, I just think we are incredibly lucky to be where we are as a club right now. And we've said that we're going to end this with a chat about the next year. So I think it's probably right oh, that we,
5: okay.
0: yeah. I think it's probably right that we wrap up about now and say, you know, with everything in place as it is right now, provided there aren't going to be too many more mm, issues, shall we say, with uh, with with COVID, um, it's going to be a hell of a ride to me, and I'm I'm so excited. I mean, Love do you think book.
2: we? I'm on holiday on the Wimbledon game.
0: <laughs> do you think we can do it?
2: Or playoffs? Yeah. Why not? Do
0: you think We're we
2: can say We're as good as any team bar Portsmouth that we've played this year, and they're the only team that are above us. We're as good as uh, Sunderland. If they hadn't scored that penalty, we could have been two in up lot as well. So we can, but there are a million reasons why we can't as well. But football is so unpredictable you don't know. We don't know where we'll be. But we'll be competitive. And we won't yeah. be in the bottom four. And if in August in fact even September, it's September, I think, when we played Crew, wasn't it? We kicked off in September. Yes. If you sat me down the day we played Crew and said, Come Christmas, I'll guarantee, not mathematically, but I'll guarantee that you won't be relegated. Um and that you'll be talking about potentially playing big teams next season. I mean, somebody mm. further up has said if Sheffield Wednesday, Forest and Derby come down, they don't want to go up. But that's what so, football's about. It's not about level as well as it? it's about those games.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean I think these last four years have been the best period I've ever had supporting Lincoln City. And that's even yeah. over and above the Keith years, which were a, a Lazarus type rise from the ashes, yeah, yeah. from the flames. Um, but this is you yeah, know, this is the best Lincoln City side. I'm not saying ever, this is the best Lincoln City side of my lifetime. Um, and I've been saying that now for four years, year on year. Um, yeah. And I think that tells you everything we need to do, need to say before we wrap absolutely. Up
0: well, I think that is a good spot to wrap up. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good one tonight. I've enjoyed it. I think uh, you know it's it's been the Christmas party. Um, I think. And, and have you had a, Have you had a few too many, Gaz? Are they, are they getting to you?
2: No, well. If there was times where I was talking to Dave about American, uh, about the American side, <laughs> thinking, and then at the end of it, I'm thinking, shit, we're not meant to be talking about that. <laughs> late, I'd have liked more fashion lights. I'd have liked a bit more of the Pogues for it to be properly Christmas.
0: Okay, yeah, that's. I mean, to be fair, I've not even listened. To the, I've not even listened to the Pogues yet, and I, I Do you normally.
2: you know what's Christmas number one.
0: Well, I know what I'd like to be Christmas number one. What? Boris Johnson is i a...
2: hmm. I don't know what that is. I'm not talking politics with you. Cornell will get. Cornell will block you on Twitter.
0: No, I'm 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 on about the song, Gaz. Have you not I heard, heard of the song? song? No,
2: because it's not in I... the top ten. I ask you a question. What's Christmas number one? Uh,
0: it's uh, all I want for Christmas
2: is you. Yes, she's delighted because it's her favourite Christmas song and mines the Pogues and she thinks she's right and I'm wrong and she's <laughs> not.
0: Well, I'll tell you this now. You are right, Gaz.
2: <laughs> right, so just as we wrap up, we've got Phil Dainty saying, Great show, guys! Oh, you're too soft. Uh, David Johnson, fantastic show, boys! You were on it, you should know. Brian Rundle, great <laughs> show, guys! Happy Christmas to you both. Uh, Kevin Green, what no great show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to look at where we are without a 20 goal a season striker. We won the title in totally. League Two without a 20 goal a season striker. We won the National League without one. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, oh, look, he's Emily uh, Rooks says, thanks, Christmas. Thanks, Christmas.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> thanks, have had too many.
2: Happy Christmas to you both. Uh, Kev Green has come in. Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, Chris Lambing has been watching. We should have got him on. Love that chaps. Happy Christmas. Um, ben, Christmas message from you before I uh, finish.
0: Just have a good one, everybody. I hope, uh, I hope Santa brings you exactly what you need. And hopefully it's going to be a way to get back into the bank.
2: I was socialist, wasn't it? So I know. Not what you need, not what you want. What you need. Larry Langham, like, um, happy Christmas, guys! Great show, and is to more pints or points in Christmas in twenty twenty. Both. I both. Keep, I just keep saying the word Christmas randomly. Merry uh, Christmas <laughs> to you both. Twenty twenty one being better for all. Limbs fans. Ben's opening another can. I dent not because I've got to get go off work in the morning. Richard Godson, thanks for a great show, even if I did join it late. All I, I'm going to say the same as Ben. Um, it's been a really, really tough year and yeah. Ben and I don't consider ourselves as providing a service, we do what we do because we enjoy what we do um, and the fact that you listen is a massive, massive bonus, we've had some wonderful messages because it's been a year where we've heard from people uh, who have suffered mental health problems and who I think we all all have to a degree, we've all had those moments where we've gone, I can't take anymore um, it's not about the podcast, it's about sporting can city, it's about talking to each other on social media, be it me to Ben, be it, you know, Ben to Jake, be it Emily Rook, Kevin Green, you, know, you just, it's the community is what it's about. Um, yeah. And that's what you know, I love being a part of. And okay, I, I, I do what I can, I do what I do, but it's all about the community. It's never yeah. about an individual. And all I hope is that everybody, whether you're a Lincoln fan or whether you're not, even if you're not listening to this, just hope that everybody finds some peace this Christmas. Um, and we talk about moving into 2021 and we talk about moving into the future, but, you know, let's not forget the good things from 2020. It's been shit. Let's not forget the positives. Let's not forget the connections we've made the support we've given each other. Um,
0: mm. uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to say thanks to you as well, mate. Cause it's been, you know, that there's been a few points where I've had to message you and say, you know, particularly around podcast stuff, there's been days when we've had to delay the recording or, you know, we've had to cancel recording outright cause I've just not been there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's appreciated. So, thanks for your support. Appreciate it.
2: No worries. Same back. I missed one, but you know, it is what it is, isn't it? We're, we're all here for each other. And that's the point. So, look, everybody, we're, we're getting a, a mosh. Totes of mosh. Guys, pissed. Cornell's here. I think Cornell and Link as well. Cornell, what are you doing, man? You missed the chance. 2021 will be the mighty MC year. I bet he didn't say that in 2020.
0: Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. We will. Uh, I think that's probably going to be Good spot to wrap up. So, uh,
2: you out. I'm going to play the intro because that's what we do. Um, we will be recording before the end of the year, so we're not going to wish you a happy new year yet. We might be, um, yeah, we will. We are going to wish you a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
1: Yay!